0: Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host Brett Gilliland and today I've got the honor to uh, interview Cal Callahan. Cal how you doing man?
1: I'm great man. I'm sitting here in Austin. The weather's great and I'm sitting here with you so thanks for having me.
0: Hey man it's good to have you. So I uh you got a great podcast as well so we'll talk about that. You've uh worked on Wall Street, you've been in the sports world, you've done all sorts of things. So I just, I knew we had to connect and get together and, and, uh, and record a show. So, you know, every week we want to bring the best tips and tools to people to help them live their best life, right? What we always talk about in our firm is their most amazing future or uh, to help them find a future greater than their past and all those types of things. And so what we normally do is start out with kind of what's made you the man you are today. You don't just kind of wake up and do the things you're, you're doing. And uh, there's a backstory there right? So we can maybe start with that and dive into that backstory and go from there. That'd be great.
1: Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I think what's interesting is what has, has kind of created a path of success for me in the past is it's kind of no longer serving me today. So uh be interesting to kind of unpack that with you today. But, you know, being a, you know, I grew up playing sports. My, my main sport was hockey. Uh, I grew up in a small town in Maine, but I played hockey through college. Was really competitive. Did fairly well in school, and and wanted to achieve well in school. And so I had this kind of drive to to do well, not necessarily just sit around and study all the time. Like I, I kind of knew how to game the system a little bit too. Right. Uh, and so just having that um, that drive to just accomplish, uh, really, I think created. And I was I was fortunate enough to find the trading business. Uh, in Chicago as as an outlet that fit me perfectly. And so I traded on the floor of the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. And then the, the Chicago Board of Trade for the better part of 18 years. It was so with a great competitive. Firm. Yeah. And it was, and it was, it was, it like, I mean, being a, being an athlete and I was a goalie uh, in hockey. And so I was used to being on the ice when the shit hit the fan and when it, (laughs) when it was, when it was tough. And so I think transitioning to the trading floor was a natural fit. And then within the trading industry, you have a team, you know, your firm, and then within your firm, you maybe have a smaller team, which we had and um, working as an individual within that framework really suited me. Well, I mean, I could step into the leadership role, but I could also be the guy that was blocking and tackling. And so trading provided really fertile ground for me to, to really get into that space. And like I said, I did it for 18 years. I, I got out of the business back in 2013. At that point, I thought I was, you know, retiring. And it, I didn't quite understand that. I was just retiring from trading. Yep. And I wasn't retiring from life in some way. And I think there was this notion that, yeah, you are just going to retire and kind of do whatever it is you do. You play golf and hang out and um I got into, as you mentioned, into the, into the sports world. I, I actually got into coaching right out of trading. was really into fitness and still am, but health, wellness, nutrition, that whole kind of uh, that I mean, actually lifestyle as well. And really wanted to share what I had been through with others and try to coach them through their experience. That led to an opportunity to get into a, an upstart pro fitness league called the national pro grid league. And it was basically born out of the idea of CrossFit in a team atmosphere. Um, and if you're familiar with CrossFit at all, they do have teams within their CrossFit games, but this is very much like a traditional team. There were teams in eight different cities. We, uh, I ran the team, owned the team in Phoenix. So we were the Phoenix rise and we were play against uh, athletes and teams from other cities. So that was super fun for me a guy who, again, grew up in the sports world, you know, as an, as an amateur athlete and then had the ability to kind of run this team, which was super fun. And I loved, uh, I loved that team aspect. I loved being able to be kind of at the top of it and really care for the athletes and try, try to provide as great an experience as I could for them that lasted from 2014 to 2016, the league folded, unfortunately. And at that point, uh, I had this like a lot of, I don't know if it was sadness. There was a part of me that just kind of died that day. And I didn't understand it. I kept having these feelings around it uh, from the financial standpoint, like, oh, I, I invested a lot of money in this thing and right. now it's worth zero. <laughs> right? Like, oh my God, what'd you do, man? Like you just kind of, like you didn't do your due diligence. You know, you didn't like all these ways that I was kind of judging these decisions But Brett, what I found out was I did that because I loved it. And it wasn't about due diligence. It was about following like my heart. Like I knew I needed to be a part of it. And it had nothing to do with the economics of it. I mean, it would have been nice if it made money. But for me, it's shown a light on my, really my need for connection with people. And so I thought it was this coaching thing with fitness originally. And then I was like, this pro fitness league. And and now what it's transitioned into is as I've gone deeper into my own personal work, how can I share that with men in particular? Because I know men, you could probably speak to this as well. We go through these periods of our lives. Maybe we have a family and I have a wife, I have three kids, you have this house, you have this career, and then you leave this career and maybe you have some measure of success. And I think Invariably, we all kind of wake up one day and we're like, uh, "Is this it? Yeah, is this all there is? I did, I did all the things that I was supposed to when, as a, when I was a kid, and I looked around at the people that were the most successful. I did all those things, and you know, arguably retired financially at the age of forty-one. So how can I not be happy? Yep. And So that started me on this kind of existential journey of like, why am I here? Right. And what does that mean?
0: Well, I think there's so many people, right? Man or woman, but uh, you're, everything you just said to that point of, I, I've achieved it. I've been there. I, I got to that point in March of 2014 at a firm. And I said, man, I, I feel like I could go out and do better for our clients. I can do I can do more, right? And so as my income was going like that, my, my satisfaction for my career was doing this. And I'm like, enough's enough, right? And people that have listened to this show every week, they, they've heard me say this, but I, I talked to my wife. She was eight months pregnant with our fourth child. We had just built a new home, right? Uh, owned a building that our firm was in. I mean, all this stuff, right? Where people, analysis by paralysis, paralysis by analysis would say, bad idea, right? Not the right time. Mm-hmm. My wife even said, was this the right time? And I said, no, this is a terrible time, man. This is absolutely terrible. Uh, every book would tell you, no matter what MBA school you go to, would tell you, this is not the right calculated risk. But it was the calculated risk because I knew our clients and I knew what we stood for. And I knew why we were doing what we were doing. And it's worked right now. We're six and a half years, almost seven years in. And it's been the best you know, professional decision of my life. But it was a huge risk. And so, when you think about that, right, and you you talking to the person that's listening to this right now, that huge risk, even though yours failed in this next world, right? Mm-hmm. Are you glad you still took that risk?
1: Yeah, and I've talked about this before too. Just like I I would gladly spend that money again to have the awareness that this is what really makes me feel alive. Yeah, this ability to be with people in a meaningful way, and and you know, I hear your story. In in what I hear is you got out of the rational mind and what everybody else is doing and what they're telling you to do and what the NBA tells you to do. Right. And you followed like your gut, your heart, whatever in that region was yeah. driving you and you just let it go. You're like, I, I can't explain it. It doesn't make sense to anybody, yep. but I have to do this because you just, you had a knowing. Yeah,
0: no, and you're you absolutely right. It. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Absolutely yeah. And so right. that's, that's what I've, you know, I think as a trader, when I was really on my game, when, when I was in flow, I wasn't, it wasn't about doing calculations fast in my mind. It was about, this is a time to buy something. This is the time to sell something. And you can't explain why you did what you did, but you did it. And it wasn't always successful, but you knew that it was the right thing. And for so long, the rest of my life, wasn't I wasn't living that way. I wasn't following my intuition. I was trying to live up to certain expectations of how I thought I was supposed to live. Yeah. And as a, you know, on the outside as a husband, I was doing all the things that I was supposed to do. I was checking all those boxes. And the same thing as as a father, I was I was around. I I was present in a physical sense, but I wasn't truly present and I wasn't really showing up for the family. And it made me understand that what's on the outside? None of that matters. It's like, how do I feel about this? I don't, I could listen to everyone's bullshit about, and you're such a great dad. You're always around and you guys have this cool house or you go. And I listened to that long enough where I believed it and yeah. it wasn't the truth. It just yeah. wasn't the truth.
0: Yeah. So how did you know that though? Right. So, so, and again, I have four kids and same kind of thing, right? Busy life and, and uh, I'll be vulnerable. You can be in the moment. Sometimes you're at home. I'm at every game. I'm gonna be coaching, you know, uh, six-year-old baseball here in about two and a half hours, right? So I'm there, right? But you can. We can all be guilty that you're there, but you're not necessarily as Jesse Itzler will say, where your feet are, right? You may be thinking about ten other things over here. And so, how did you know that truth? How did you learn that truth? That yeah, hey, I got the car, I got the house, I got this, I got that, but you weren't really there per se. A
1: couple. There are a couple of different things that that created great clarity for me one was my wife saying I'm not happy like I'm not I'm not up for it. if this is what it's going to be like I'm not up for it and now for me on the one hand it came out of the left field like hey I thought like we don't fight like there there was no real strife but I also understood what she was saying like there was something missing and it was I was I was so focused on me and doing my things and Part of that meant providing for my family. And again, looking on the outside, it's like, damn, you've provided for your family. Okay, I have on some level, but what about emotionally? Have I allowed her to know who I really am? And those things that I'm struggling with, have I really been vulnerable to her? Have I let her actually care for me? Because as a man, I don't know if you'd agree with this, but I've always felt we have to be the rock and we have to stand out there and we never let him see you sweat. Right. And you got to provide. Um, and you can't do that if you're opening up the kimono and saying, I'm really struggling with this and I need some help here. Um, now, fortunately I was able to wake up to that only being one aspect of being a man. There's this, there's a nuance to be able to flow between all these states and to be able to, hold them all these masculine traits and these feminine traits as a, as a way to, to truly connect for me with my wife, my kids. And and now it's with the people I love, my friends, my brothers and sisters, you know, metaphorical. um, And how are your kids now? 17, 14 and 13. I have two boys and a girl. Yeah. And what also helped kind of create a, a big awareness was, um, I did what they would call a a deep psilocybin journey. So psilocybin is another, is a fancy term for mushrooms. So I went into a ceremony about three years ago um, where, you know, these, these psychedelic medicines taken with intention in ceremony guided, allow you the opportunity to see life through a different lens, to see your life, to see how you're showing up or not showing up in the world. And it allows you to see those in a way where you no longer judge yourself. You don't feel guilty. There's no shame. And so I know that as those things would crop up in other times, the ego comes up and says, no, dude, you're good. Like, look at all you've done. You've got nothing to be ashamed of. And I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of, but I think when the ego is taken offline in these experiences, by and large, take the ego offline and you allow to you're allowed to see these things through this different lens and I could just see like man my family's kind of living in my shadow that doesn't I don't want to be that guy like I want to serve my family. Yeah. What would it mean for me to serve my family? How can I be there for my family rather being the head of the family that's providing these things. And and so it was it was it was an opportunity for me to see my life through a different lens. And from there, that's where everything started to fall away, where the ego started to fall away. And I started to look at me without the mask of a former trader who had retired without the mask of, of someone who at my age was super fit. um, Someone who had the world by the balls on the outside, you know, looking in. Right. But I saw the, I knew the truth of it. And it was, Honestly, it was like terrifying at first. Like, who who am I if I'm not all these things? Mm. Because at the at the end of the day, I'm not any of those things. I'm something else, but I, I didn't I didn't have the tools to explore it. And so I went basically on this deep existential journey of trying to understand it. And it took listening to different podcasts, it took reading books. And then just being in different experiences. And again, psychedelics really helped me kind of clean the windshield, so to speak, and to see things very clearly. But by and large, it was just me being okay with me without all of the fancy shit that I had been pursuing my entire life.
0: Man, there's a lot to unpack right there. (laughs)
1: <laughs> for sure. I don't know if right? you were expecting that one. Yeah, yeah. No, that's
0: awesome. That's really, really good. That's a lot to unpack. Um, but let, let's talk about getting your mind right. So what's that continual conversation that maybe Cal's having with himself, right? What's that common conversation that goes on? Cause I think maybe I'm wrong, but I think we all have it, right? We all have that same conversation over and over. Maybe we don't, but uh, what's that conversation in your
1: head? Like, you know, it's the, the, the biggest, the biggest tell for me is when I, when I'm not feeling good about something going on with my wife or a friend or something in the world, it could be something on silly on Instagram. I understand it has nothing to do with anything but how I feel about myself. And I know it sounds yeah. a little bit corny, but that's what, it, that's what I finally understood. I've read about this, I've heard about this. Yep. It wasn't until I started to sit in that space and understand, like, oh, dude, this has nothing to do with Jeff or my wife Peyton or my son. This right. is about you, and you're not okay with you. What is it that you're? What is the story you're telling yourself about yourself that you're not okay with right now? And then, <laughs> is it true? And you know, there's I, I've actually done a little bit of work with a, a woman named Byron Katie who kind of takes you through different process to, to kind of unpack those things, but there's, ma- you know, you want to talk about a Ram Das or Adyashanti. There are plenty of people who've used the same idea. Like you're just living in this story and you know what you're believing this story. And is it true? And oftentimes, almost every time it's just yeah. not true, but we're so used to beating ourselves up and judging ourselves. And like, you're not working hard enough. We set these expectations that a lot of times we just can't live up to. And it's not because we're, we're trying to make these things untenable. We're doing it with really good intentions. But back to what I was saying earlier, that like a lot of times they're made with our, our, our mind and we're taking ideas from everybody else. And we're trying to create this thing about what we're supposed to be versus what do I really want to do right now? What feels really good for me right now in this moment that may get me to that larger goal that I have? But what if that larger goal was really expansive and it wasn't this pinpoint of a target that I'm trying to land on in a month, in six months, in five years? I mean, so many times I've made the mistake of I want to go do this thing and I may have great intentions and it may be something along the lines of, right. of what is in my heart but it's so it's it, it, the, the it's so narrow that you never land on it and if you do it's not what you want yeah so what if what if I stayed really true to the here and now like what feels really good like sometimes I don't want to be on Instagram so I'll be off Instagram for like two weeks is it good <laughs> for my brand well like you said the NBA would say no. But for me, it feels really good to take a break because you know what? Anything I put out there is going to be bullshit and not authentic. So why am I doing that? Well, because they tell you to do it. I've lived that before. I don't want to do that anymore. So I just don't. You know, sometimes like I don't want to record record a podcast. So I'll release one that I've done previously because it's like I don't have one to do right now. So get out of this structure of what it's supposed to look like but have enough structure. So there's like, there's a little bit of a path, right? But be flexible, like what, you know, to what feels right.
0: Yeah. I think you're spot on, man. I think that, you know, I'm guilty of that too, Is you beat yourself up over, oh, if I'm not in the office by a certain time, or if I haven't done this by this time, or man, maybe I want to drop my kids off and come home and go for a run and, and work out then instead of, you know, at the butt crack of dawn or later at night. Right. And so, I'm guilty of beating myself up, beat, beating myself up over it, right? And so I'm assuming a lot of other people are that same way. And I think it's trying to get through that and get past that, and saying, like you said, it's it's okay. We don't have to be
1: perfect. Well, Brett, what if instead of coming home and going for a run and working out, what if you came home and took a nap? <laughs> mm. Right? Yeah. It's a harder one to wrap your head around. I'm a lazy right. ass. Right. Well, are you, or do you just really need to rest? Well, come yeah. on, man. You got to grind. You got to get through it. Push through. And there are times to do that. For sure. But a lot of times we're doing things for the sake of what looks good optically, what we think we should be doing. And honestly, we start living a life that's that's not authentic. It's not what we want to do, it's what we think everyone expects us to do. It's what it's our image that we've been taught from a very young age. Mom, dad, well intended. Maybe it's a church, maybe it's a coach, it's society at large of what we're supposed to do. In 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 my intention with the, with the podcast and the work that I'm doing is to question all that and to like create enough space for, for others to say, look, do you really want to do this stuff? Is this the life that you're going to want to, like, if you look back on this in five years and 10 years, is this really how you want to spend your time? And it's, it's starting to unpack these ideas, this, this conditioning that we've all had. I don't think that's a, 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 a new concept to anybody, but what if we started to question it all? And then as we question it, what if we started to play a different game and then tune into how it feels versus how it looks? What yeah. does everybody think about this? I don't care what anybody thinks about it. I know it feels good and I'm trying to stay true to that.
0: Yeah, I think if your intentions and motives are in, in the right spot, right? Who cares what other people think? you're doing it for the right intentions and for the right motives, right? You're not trying to harm somebody. You're not trying to harm yourself. You're not trying to do bad things or cheat the system,
1: right? Those things matter. They do. And you know what? I spent so much of my life like worried about what other people think. Like, do they think this is cool? Do they think right. I'm in good enough shape? Do they think like all the things that I was worried about, about what other people thought. And it was just a prison I was living in. And as I, started to see how I was living another life. I started to feel the liberation of just saying F all of it. I don't care. And in the beginning, don't get me wrong. It's like convincing myself that I don't care because I still right. care. Yeah. But you, you start, it's like you get enough of those reps in and then you start to see what it really feels like to not care. It's like, Oh, that was a different rep. That felt good. Let me go back to that one again and again yeah. and again. And so it's, it's this learned behavior, but man, it's like years and years of this programming that we've been engaged in. So at the same time, just be kind to yourself. Like for me, it's like, dude, you're going to mess it up. You're going to get sucked in again. It's okay. It's all about having the awareness and trying to bring it back to what do you really want? So
0: I think this plays into that rise and grind concept. I saw you post maybe a month or so ago, right? Is we have to rise and grind and we got to charge and we got into everything we've just talked about, you know, but it, it is, I think it's our culture, but would you believe that our culture is starting to see the other side of this? Like the, I haven't watched the whole thing yet, but the social dilemma, I think it's called on Netflix and I'm yeah. reading a book called social minimalism. And I, I feel like it, maybe it's just me, but I feel like the world's maybe starting to shift a little bit and maybe this COVID has helped it. So what are your thoughts on that?
1: I, I totally agree. I think on the one hand, yes, the, the social dilemma and I'm, I'm with you. I, I had, the only reason I haven't watched it, I got distracted with something else. Right. But th- got distracted that- with
0: your iPhone or something. No. <laughs>
1: yes. Exactly. Yes. It's, yes. it's an important documentary. So I, I'm, I'm so, and I'm actually watching um, what's it called? The um, it's on Google. It's oh. like the, the, I'll come up with it in a minute, but it's like the, it's, it's the same idea of Google and Facebook, how they're infiltrating our, our lives and how yeah. they're changing the way we think. And so on the one hand, you have this powerful force that's trying like with all its might to grab your attention and to change your behavior. And on the other hand, you have a group of people that feel like they're growing in numbers that are saying, I'm not going to play that game anymore. Right. And there's this more intentionality on how we're moving through the world. And it's becoming um, something that people are talking about. And then I think, I think you're right. I think it's just like this growing kind of, well, whether it's a mindfulness movement, whatever you want to call it, it's, it's an awareness. Like there's this collective awakening saying, this is not right. This has gone too far. And so what can we do to change that? And so it's like finding different ways to tap into this other life, this life that we were, we had when we were kids. Yeah but got kind of, you know, conditioned out of us.
0: Well, I think the silver lining of this, obviously there's been a lot of bad stuff that's happened with COVID and people's businesses and obviously people's lost their lives and been really, really sick. And, and that, that's the bad side of that, but there's a silver lining. I I hope that it's dinners at home, right? It's sitting at your kitchen table. It's, spending more time with your wife and kids or your spouse, your significant other, whatever it may be. And, and I think that's, that's, that's my question is kind of what's the silver lining for you when you see this and we were, you know, you're in your home and told to stay at your home for three months or whatever it was, what's the silver lining for the Callahan family?
1: Yeah. I think you nailed it too. Like one of the things was, was family dinners. It's it's, and I, and I want people to, to think about this for a second. It's not about adding more things to your life. It's actually we're weeding the garden. Like if we start taking things away yeah it starts to allow things like family dinner. And we had so many, you know, nights in a row where it was just the family. And that was really special. And since then, it's, we've gotten out of that rhythm because kids are back into a little bit of a flow with some sports. And as you said, you've got baseball coming up. So it it does, I'm glad that's happening because it's really good for everyone's mental health to socialize again. But the, the, the quarantine, you know, and again, I, you know, I think mentally- there were some struggles with all of us within our house, but by and large, it was a, it was a, it was a good experience. Um, And, you know, it's always feel weird saying that because I know it it hurt a lot of people. And um, so I don't say that lightly, but we were able to take a step back and stop a lot of stuff that we were doing because it wasn't there to do anymore. And so we were just grounded at our home and we got to spend a lot of time together. My wife and I, had like really one of the the most beautiful stretches of our relationship. And one of the things we started to do uh, each morning, you know, I get up and make coffee for us and we would listen to a friend of mine's podcast that he was doing. It's called the track your life podcast. His name's Boyd Vardy. And he spent 40 days and 40 nights out in the wilderness at the Londolo- uh, Londolozi Londolosi game reserve in South Africa, like literally was out, You know, in a tree, there was like a platform, but he was in a tree for 40 days and 40 nights. And during the day, he would go out and track. He's a a lion tracker by trade. He's also a life coach and a lot of other things, but he would do this. And each day he would record a 10 to 15 minute podcast. And I highly recommend anybody listening to it because it's 10 to 15 minutes of like, how did, how did he come up with this? These are, it's incredible wisdom through his life experience, through tracking animals. And so my wife and I would listen to it every morning. Each day there would be a new one. And so we'd make coffee, we'd listen to it, and we'd sit on the couch and we would just talk about it. And then it would turn into some other conversation. And this turned into us, we did like a little 15 episode run on YouTube of my wife and I, we'd sit here, with a camera, and we would talk about whatever was interesting to us. Yeah. We, maybe we'd read a passage of a book, and we would discuss what it meant to us and our kids. And our, like, it was just a fun thing that we did, and it was a way that we anchored into our day every day. You know, it was an extension of this 40 days we had with our yeah. friend Boyd, and um, it really, it, it was a, a really a connective piece for us, and it and it showed us how important it was to carve out that time, like all the things that we were doing before individually as a family and as a society, like what if you didn't need to do all of that? What if you didn't need to travel so much? Right. What if you, the important thing was to rest. Like I was saying earlier, like you go home after dropping the kids off and you take a nap. A lot of people are going to be, well, they're going to be jealous that you were able to take a nap. <laughs> they don't want to admit they're it. All, they're going to, they're gonna, they're going to judge you like, dude, you know, must be nice. Like I had to work. Well, did you, or could you have taken a nap? Or is there just this self judgment that I can't take a nap because that looks weak and I'm supposed to be working. And if I'm not working, someone else is. And that whole thing, right? One thing that I I know this has been so revered in our society, (laughs) But the, the, the motivation that someone told me I couldn't do it. So I went and did it. Well, did you really want to do it? Are you doing it? Because someone else like that's so to me now, like I would have thought it was super cool before, but now I just see it's so silly. Who cares what they think? (laughs) Right. What do you want to do?
0: Right. Easier said than done. Right.
1: Exactly. So it
0: takes some of that convincing up
1: top first. That's right. That's right. Do I really want to do this? What do you, what do you
0: glad, you know, now that you wish you knew it's probably all the stuff we have just been talking about, but what, you know, does anything stick out when you think about what, what do you wish you knew when you were that 35, 40, how old are you today?
1: 48.
0: 48. So what do you, what do you wish the 40 year old or the 35 year old
1: Cal knew? Oh God, that's such a hard one, man. Like I, I just feel like I had to go through all the shit that I went through. I had to be in that tunnel vision, achievement oriented, you know, kind of close everything else out of my mind, headspace for that period of time to know that it's not the way for me, yeah. that it can, it can bear great fruits. And I am grateful for it for all that was provided, but I'm more grateful that I'm not there anymore. And I think I had to live that way for unfortunately a long period of time. Um, can I, really can I debate through...
0: that for a second though and play devil's advocate? Yeah. Cause I, I, I'd love away. to hear your perspective on this because if you didn't do the competitive, bust your hump, take risk, work all day and night, you wouldn't have been in the financial situation that you're in. Right. And I don't 100%. obviously know your financial situation, but you know, you can't just all of a sudden try to reinvent life and I'm going to take up coaching and a podcast. I mean, that's not real life for a lot of people, right? It's so not. if you didn't no. have that you couldn't probably do the thing. You probably wouldn't be on this show today, right?
1: No. And that's what I was saying. Like I, I have deep gratitude for all that that's provided and all the opportunities, the people I've met and, you know, the financial freedom without question. And so I am grateful for that. What I'm in the process of doing is without sounding corny, it's like loving that version of me. Cause I still don't love him Yeah. because I, I still, he's, deserves to be loved because he was doing the best he could. I was right. doing the best I could, you know? And, um, and so, yeah, I, I maybe I misspoke, but I, I have deep gratitude for that. And yeah. 100%, I'm not doing a podcast if I don't have all these other things in place. 100%, yeah. And I'm not able to go into different retreats and have these different experiences if I don't have the financial freedom and I'm not at a traditional job and stuff like that. And so all these things, and so to answer your original question, I mean, maybe just to know back then that like you're okay, man. Like yeah. you're like there's a, there was always this nagging sense like, oh, like there like I'm not enough. And that was driving me, I think. Which again, like okay.
0: But also like, tell there's... the 30-year-old guy, right? That when you were grinding and doing those things, imagine telling him now what your picture looks like. You'd be like, are, are you serious? Like, no way.
1: dude, how many mushrooms did you eat? You're crazy.
0: <laughs> exactly. You're doing what now?
1: I wouldn't have listened to that guy in a heartbeat. Like, dude, you're a weirdo. Yeah. You know, you're some sort of hippie dude. Like, I don't know yep. what you're talking about.
0: Yep. 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 Uh, so if I follow you around, man, what are the things I'm going to see without fail Cal Calhoun's doing, you know, daily?
1: Well, What's interesting is, uh, I used to be super regimented. I used to train almost every day, like working out in the gym. I was like eating really clean. I was so structured in my life, um, that I've really tried to take the opposite approach and, um, to wake up and just do what feels right for the day. Now there are some things as you know, there's some things I have to do. There's some things that are on a deadline or whatever that I need to, to get done. But but by and large, like, I'm going to make coffee for my wife every morning. That's, that's, that's without question. Uh, And, and, and honestly, like I'm going to be at all my kids sporting events. Um, But really beyond that, like, I just, I try to, I try to get into some space each day where I can connect in some way. And maybe it's over email and it's not on a zoom call or a coaching call, but there's some way that I'm getting into this stuff that makes me feel alive. And it's back to this working with people, connecting with people, sharing my story as a way to say, look, I know it may look like I've got everything figured out. I don't. If you've listened to my podcast, you know, like, the, like I said, the kimono is open. I'm sharing all of it right. as a way to, to like give other people permission. Like, dude, we're, we're all, we all got our shit. And so yeah. it's okay. Um, and so I really, I try to show up that way as much as I can throughout the day. And so I really enjoy those opportunities. Like again, whether it's through coaching or some, you know, bigger group of people that I'm working with, it's that's, that's what really makes me feel alive. I like it. So talk
0: to us about this eight week online course. I know you're just wrapping up one, but you know, if somebody's driving down the road right now and, and they're thinking, man, I'm really connecting with what Cal is saying here. How do they find more of you? How do they find more help? How do they dive into some of this stuff?
1: Oh, great question. I th- appreciate you asking about that. So I, I, started, I started the podcast as a way to share the conversations I was having with people that I felt were really meaningful. I lost my
0: camera, but I can still hear you. So we're good.
1: Okay, I hear you, brother. So when the podcast came out, a lot of people were reaching out like, man, thank you for this. Like, I feel seen. I feel heard. Like you're telling my story in some way. And so that felt really good. Like that was my intention. So then I wanted to start, I wanted to do like a retreat to bring some men together to kind of do some things in a more practical sense. Like how can we actually get into some of these modalities? It was going to happen in April. As we all know, COVID hit I had to cancel it. And then this online thing just made a ton of sense. And so I launched the Unlearned experience um, back in early September. And so it wraps up here in the middle yep. of October. And uh, the idea was I'm going to curate a group of guides, a group of experts that have really helped me as I've gone into this questioning phase. Like, Shit just isn't like I thought it was. Something's not right the way i've moved about the world doesn't work anymore it's not about achievement it's not about this definition of success my definition of success was changing it was feeling really good i was like untangling from these like financial like uh strangleholds and these coaches teachers experts whatever you want to call them were really helping me un, un you know kind of unlearn unlearn what i was going through and so I felt like what a great act of service to bring them together for a group of people so that they, you know, it's hard to set up, you know, you may hear someone on my podcast and you want to go set up a a coaching call, but you just don't. So I bring it all in one experience. And then what I found, Brett, as I was taking the call, so I would have you fill out a form and then we have a one-on-one Zoom call to just see if it's a good fit for both of us. Every one of the 16 guys that I had a call with said in some way, shape or or form said, I don't know exactly what it is, but I just feel called to this because I couldn't explain exactly what it was going to be about. But when I would speak about it on Instagram or a a, a podcast ad, I would just really feel into why I was excited about it. And they literally felt the energy, like, I just need to be a part of this. And so it's this eight weeks where, Every Thursday, a different expert would come on, and, and you know, for four Thursdays, and then the other Thursdays would be these integration circles with just the brotherhood. What I found was the expert stuff was really awesome and really helped people. But the biggest benefit that these guys felt were the was the ability to connect with other men, because so many of us feel like we're on an island. It feels like a solitary kind of uh, venture. And it in it and it always will be I think you're always gonna have an aspect as as men and women go through this you have there's an aspect that you're on your own but what Absolutely. if you were held in a group that saw you that heard you that held you we've got men that cry on these calls sometimes I mean it gets super emotional because it's safe and and it's it's honored and we haven't been taught that and so it's been it's been an amazing experience. We're actually wrapping up this weekend. We have the in-person retreat, so I'm super excited to have all these guys—all the ones that can make it—at least in Austin. And then uh, October 29th, we start the next one.
0: Well, the relationships the idea, they're going to get too out of that, right? That's going to help them heard, way beyond what they're doing right here, even
1: in this eight-week deal. Yeah, and it—and it's what what's happened. These guys are talking together offline, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's like I. Sure. I brought it together. I created the space, Sure, but my whole intention was to co-create and then me, me just be there and help facilitate. But for us as a group to let it be what it wants to be. And so what's, what's been cool is I just kind of, kind of understood what the next step is. And so we have this unlearned experience is like the first leg. And then once you go through that, starting in January, I'm going to do this thing where it's a one month deep dive with a different guide expert each month. And that's called the unlearned brotherhood. So you go through the unlearned experience, you come into the unlearned brotherhood, you do like three or four months, and then there's a retreat. And then there's a new group of unlearned experience. And there's this this kind of thing that continues to grow. And I'm just facilitating it. And I'm bringing all these men together and they're getting out of it exactly what they want to get out of it. Not what I want them to get out of it. I want them to have their own experience. And so this has become a, a really a fertile ground for them to explore all of this. And again, to just to question all of it and it's okay. So yeah, thanks for Love asking, it, man.
0: That's awesome. So, so where do web- our listeners find oh, more?
1: I was going to say, <laughs> by the way, so you can go to my website, uh, the great unlearn.com and it's great under
0: unlearn.com
1: the great And it's under work with Cal. It's the, uh, the unlearn experience, there's a ton of information there. If you have any questions, you can find me on Instagram, cal.callahan. DM me. Um, you can reach out to me through the website as well. Like I get back to everybody. I don't have anyone managing any of that stuff for me. So um, again, how we're if here this, today. Yeah, and it, exactly. You, that's how you found me. So, and I know, like when you kind of read through what it is, you may not quite it doesn't answer all the questions because I can't answer the questions, but I can have a conversation and you can start to feel into what it's about and if it's something that you're called to love it yeah man
0: love it man well we will send people your way we'll put all this in the show notes sorry i had the camera technical difficulties here but you fire up the iphone you know and you still make it happen right we made it happen brother we made it happen man maybe a little wobbly but that's all right that's all right uh well man thanks for being with me on the circuit of success it's been awesome having you
1: right man i appreciate it brother